That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. Yo, what's up? Thanks for tuning in today to another episode of Sober Guy Radio. Today's guest is Anna David. Anna David's a New York Times bestselling author, and uh, she's also the creator of After Party Pod, an after party website, After Party Magazine, which is made up of articles, videos, uh, the podcast, which I mentioned, and a storytelling show focused on destigmatizing addiction and how to develop a healthier life and lifestyle. Uh, she eventually sold that site in 2014, but continues to run it and its parent site, Rehab Reviews. I believe that's rehabreviews.com. Uh, she speaks on television. She's been on a number of different uh, podcasts, as well as big major networks like Fox News, NBC, MSNBC, MTV News, VH1, uh, The Today Show. She's been on Dr. Drew, also one of my favorite podcasts, um, uh, Adam Carolla, Adam Carolla Show. Uh, she's had a number of different guests, celebrity guests, um, all all types of different people on her podcast itself, um, on on the uh, After Party Pod, and then she's also just recently launched um, a new podcast called "You've Got Issues" uh, with Anna David, and um, or "Issues with Anna," I believe, as she as she uh, kind of renamed it or rebranded it, where they talk about the smallest issues that really have an impact and then they on our lives and they kind of dig deeper into what those little small issues are and why we have those certain issues. Actually, really interesting uh, topic um, to discuss. So really excited to have her on. She invited me down to LA where I went down and I, I did, uh, I did this show, had her on. And then she also had me on her show after party pod, uh, which will be coming out in uh, the next, next couple of weeks, next couple of months. I'm not really sure on the date on that, but I'll definitely keep you posted as that, uh, as that gets ready to launch. So it was really cool talking to her. She's super cool. She's got a ton of experience. She has over 15 years of, uh, of sobriety being clean and sober, uh, clean and sober from substance abuse, alcohol, cocaine really has her, uh, her, her business mindset together for sure. I would definitely say, um, you know, she, she's about her shit when it comes to dealing with addiction, when it comes to living a healthy lifestyle and then coming back and trying to spread the word of, uh, of recovery. And, uh, she has many different platforms to do that. So I was really excited to have her on and, uh, also be a guest on her show. So, uh, we're going to get to her interview in just a minute. First, a word from our sponsor. At Foundations Recovery Network, our mission is to create lifetime relationships for long-term recovery. In our history of doing good is the promise of your future getting better. So if you or someone you love needs help, please know we are here to help. And the sign on our door says, we care. We create an individualized treatment plan for the whole person, for the whole you, because to us, you matter. The first step to recovery is heroic. We know that. And with our heroes in recovery movement, we honor those who have taken that step toward recovery and stand up for you and stand beside you and stand together to break the stigma placed on addiction. Call our confidential and private line at 877-714-1318. We are here to help you. And help has a phone number, 877 
714-714-1318. Make the call. We're listening. We're Foundations Recovery Network. Thanks again to Foundations for sponsoring Sober Guy Radio. It's been an awesome relationship we're building. Uh, and also thanks again to them for having uh, having me out in Nashville, Tennessee, to be at the uh, Behavioral Health Conference that Foundations Recovery Network sponsored out there. We did, uh, we did uh, I can't even remember, it's between 10 and 14 shows, 11, 12. I haven't mixed and edited them all down yet somewhere along those lines in two days. And I, if you can't tell, I literally lost my voice in the last week just from all the work that I've been doing and talking to different people, not only on the show, but just uh, outside of that too. And a little bit of, uh, of some of networking and great connections made throughout the recovery community. So it's really started to take a toll on, uh, on my voice. But I'm not. Uh, I'm not sitting back. I'm not taking a break. I'm gonna push through this, and uh, you'd be surprised with some hot tea from the wife. Thank you, Jess, for that. Hooking, uh, hooking daddy up with some tea while he's on the road, and a little bit of honey in there, and uh, helps to soothe it. And of course, some uh, some some medicine. Thanks again to Foundations Recovery Network for uh, for their great hospitality. The team out there in Nashville was just awesome. Really took care of me and uh, the platform, Sober Guy Radio, setting up some great interviews. And we'll have some of those uh, to share with you uh, in the next uh, next few weeks or month or so. So are you looking for a motivational tracking app to track your sobriety? And uh, if you are, I have a great one to recommend that I personally use myself. It's called I Am Sober. And the I Am Sober app is a motivational companion app for tracking your sobriety. Along with tracking your sobriety, it helps reach key, helps you reach key milestones like seven days or one month and sends you daily motivation along the way. You can also combine your stats with sober clubs and meet fellow sobriety seekers. You can find it on the App Store, Google Play, or you can visit IamSoberApp.com. That's IamSoberApp.com. And speaking of that, let's see what the what the uh, daily motivational was today. I don't remember. I know I saw it right when I woke up, but I was still wiping the sleep out of my eyes as I kind of peeked at it. And uh, it says, I am sober. I am in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. Uh, it's a perfect one because it's about living in the moment, living in living in the present, being present, not tripping on shit from yesterday or not tripping on shit that I'm looking to tomorrow. Let's focus on today and get what needs to get done today, done. Uh, and that can be a rough thing. I know it's a struggle for me in the workload, trying to balance uh, being a dad, being a husband, and doing you know two two podcasts and all the other projects that are going on, the travel, all that stuff, it can really get to me. And luckily, I have some good resources to reach out to. Um, you know, but in that, I also have to remind myself to stay in the moment, and I can only do what I can do today. So let me make a list of a few things that I want to get done today, and boom, let's knock those out. If I get more than that done, awesome, even better. You know, but for me to sit and focus on tomorrow's um, workload or the the things that I need to do this weekend or that kind of stuff, um, you know, it, it could be a bit overwhelming and it can really mess with me. So, and that's not to say I'm not a planner because I do plan ahead. I play chess like a motherfucker in life. Okay, I do my best to do that, but at the same time, I really need to live in the present, live in the moment. So check out I am sober app, I am sober for your sobriety tracker. Also, we're going to get to Anna in just a minute. Check out 
sober guy community. Go to that soberguy.com and uh and and join. Become a member of the sober guy community. You'll get updates on the show. Uh, I don't send a whole ton of emails, so I won't bombard your your inbox with bullshit emails. Um, it's really just the podcast weekly and occasionally a, a, an update. Um, you can also check out the private Facebook group. Please do. It's such an awesome resource with some great people in there. It's called Sober Guy, Sober Girl. And you can go on Facebook and search Sober Guy, Sober Girl, and you can uh, request an ad and we'll get you added in. Or you can go to that soberguy.com and uh, you can click on the little button on the right-hand side of the page and that will bring you straight to the group as well. Also, you can download Six Quick Tips to Quit Drinking in 24 Hours. It's a free guide that I put together. And it's funny, I got a little feedback on this about, uh, it was like on a Twitter response from somebody. I said, it's a scam. It's a scam. That's impossible. Well, it's not, number one, it's not a scam because I'm not selling it. It's fucking free. Okay, so it's, it's your, download it for free, whatever. It's just a few tips. It's not going to save you from your addiction and your alcoholism, like, or your drinking habits or whatever. You know, that's not what it's intended for. Um, that's going to take years of work and it's going to take resources other than a, a, a quick guide, you know, to, to help you with that. But what it will do is it'll get you on the right track and start giving you, you know, some thoughts into how you can start addressing it. You know, and the, the first tip in there is make a decision. You know, I had to make a decision that I wanted to quit. That's first and foremost, so it's just a couple little things to help get you on the right track. You can check that out, SoberGuy, thatsoberguy.com, and get the free download there. All right, last but not least, and then we're going to get to the interview with Anna here. We're going to read the iTunes review of the week. And this comes from an Irish girl, and it says, Shane has become a part of my daily life. I can't tell you how much I've gotten from Shane and the guests he has on the show. It is not only helpful for people that struggle with addiction, but for folks who are just looking to overcome daily struggles in life. The guests are amazing. Shane, thank you for what you do. Your impact on people you never set eyes on has no boundaries. I really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, it's feedback like that that keeps me going and keeps me able to stay sober. Um, you know, just hearing that it, that the show is having uh, an impact on people and people are listening and it's actually helping people. You know, I don't recommend just listening to a podcast to, uh, to keep you sober. In my opinion, that's not going to work. Maybe it does for somebody out there. I don't know. Um, you know, but in my opinion, you know, it, it really takes a lot of tools in that toolbox to help you, whether it's a 12 step program, whether it's, um, going to therapy, whether it's rehab, whether it's a podcast, whether it's books, um, you know, all kinds of different resources out there, but, uh, do what works for you. And, um, you know, just uh, just do the best you can. That's really all of us are trying to do is do the best we can. And an Irish girl, thank you for that kind review on iTunes. And you too can go on and help support the show by leaving a review on iTunes. A five-star review at that would be phenomenal. So with that being said, let me introduce you to our guest today, Miss Anna David. Anna, welcome to Sober Guy Radio. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me down in, are we in West Hollywood? Okay. We're in, technically we're in Hollywood. Okay. But you would, if you were mailing me a letter, you would, you could put Los Angeles. 
Got it, got it. Okay, yeah. So I could do, yeah, it's so spread out down here, I tend to get a bit confused. Because it I'm is from, a little. Well, like yourself, you're from Northern California as well, right? Yeah. But I find Northern California a little bit confusing in that, you know, say Vacaville, I, I've seen it on the 101. I've seen it as an exit, I think. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if it, it, so but it, it would be off 80, it. but you've seen it maybe driving through the Sacramento. But I have no idea where it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's a cow town. Yeah. That's what Vacaville stands for. Okay. <laughs> so, um, well, first of all, thanks for having me down here and thank you for coming on the show today. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know you, who is Anna David? Well, okay. I am, I'm an author and, uh, you know, I published six books. Um, one of them was a New York times bestseller, mm -hmm. alas, not all of them. And I'm sober, uh, over 15 years. And I was the sex dating and relationship expert on attack of the show, which was a G4 show. Nice. I had that job for three years and I go on TV and I talk about addiction and recovery and relationships. And I've done that on a lot on the Today Show, on CBS Morning Show, on um, uh, Hannity and Combs, now called Hannity, mm -hmm. on Inside Edition, on The Talk, on a bunch of places. And I speak at colleges about addiction and relationships. That is really cool. By it's the way. cool. I, think I love was, it. When I saw that, I was like, wow, that is awesome. Yeah. What, what colleges? Like all over the place? Yeah. Is there specific? No, no, no. It's I've been to University of Anchorage. Mm -hmm. I've been to New Haven College. I've been to uh, two schools in North Dakota, in Fargo, North Dakota. Really? Both there. I've been to schools in North Carolina, in Washington State. Um, all over the place. Yeah, and yeah. I, I love it because I just love going to one of these small towns and renting the car and kind of exploring <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and meeting the students. Um, you know, the turnouts range from 150 to four. And it's very disheartening to go yeah. to a school and have nobody show up. I, yeah, I was going to say because I think the the normalcy bias in college that you're supposed to go on. I, I never went to college, so I'm not speaking from experience, but right. just from what I can tell yeah, um, that it's just normal to go off and just drink. Yeah. Obviously, I don't want to stereotype. It's not every everyone, but yeah. the majority, I think. Yeah. How does that play out when you go there? Do you... Um, is that obvious sometimes or? Well, what's interesting is, I mean, a, a lecture about addiction and recovery is not interesting to most uh, students. Yeah. In, in, uh, I would say actually, because I've gone to a lot of religious towns, that actually it was enlightening for me to realize that not every student's that, they were just not that interested in drinking. Really? So the topic That's of alcoholism isn't that compelling <laughs> to them. Um, I will say it almost every uh, time, at least a couple people come up to me afterwards sort of crying and going, you know, I hadn't realized this was a problem. I hadn't yeah. realized this was a problem for my mom, whatever it is. So it is really rewarding. Um, but but I, I, it's not that I've taken a break from it. It's that I, I want to find a way to do it where I always know uh, uh, people are going to come. Because like I said, yeah. the last time I flew to Wyoming, I drove to Montana and to have four people, two of whom were the people who'd booked me there, was just, I don't, you know, it feels yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, It, yeah, it doesn't feel tough. worth it. So so I, I'm sort of changing that up a little bit. And now I'm developing a class on, um, it's an online class on breaking through, it's called Break Through Your Fear and Launch Your Writing Career. And it's specifically for writers. It's not available now, but it's going to be at writingissues.com. And that's... Uh, something I'm going to develop as a talk. Nice. nice. Yeah. So, 
So you'll so you'll do it as a talk, and then you'll also be able to go back online and do the course. Is that the right? class? The class is a downloadable course. Oh, I see. So it's you know a product, got if it, you will, okay. and um, it, and people who want to find out more about it um, they should subscribe to my newsletter. They can get there through AnnaDavidNewsletter.com or issueswithannanewsletter.com and we're going to talk about the yeah, issues. Yeah, so I, I think that's a that's a great um, little segue. That's a great little segue into that. Let's talk about, you have a new podcast, Issues with Anna. You also have the After Party Pod, which has been around for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, let's talk about both of them. Well, it's actually called You've Got Issues with Anna David. So there's sort of a double, you know, you've got issues and you could have issues with me. <laughs> um, my friend who has an incredibly successful podcast uh, named it for me. We were talking about what it was and I had uh-huh. all these names and, and she, she, um, yeah, basically was like, you're going to call it You've Got Issues. Then I went to meditate and I woke, I, I came back with a med- yeah. with a message from her that says, you're going to call it You've Got Issues with Anna David. <laughs> And so when I was creating the domain, you've got issues. You don't want an apostrophe in your yeah, domain. Yeah, yeah, no, so it yeah, became yeah. issues with Anna. Got it, got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, I see. So, so after Party Pod, yeah, I think I launched it in 2013. I, I have no sense of time. And it's, uh, it's posted every other Friday. And it's an, it's an interview with a sober writer, comedian, um, podcaster, uh, whatever (laughs) it is. And we talk about, you know, their journey. I have also had non-sober people on it to talk about different sort of issues they've struggled with, but I only did about five episodes like that. I had someone talking about agoraphobia. I had someone talking about, uh, toxic relationships, um, coming out, uh, different things. But so who's been your favorite, if you had to pick someone who stands out, like who'd you really enjoy talking to? It's interesting. There's probably a lot, I'm sure. There's a lot. I mean, getting certain people was terribly exciting. When I got Moby to do it, that was thrilling. And he was even more interesting than I expected him to be. So I loved that one. Um, and Mark Marin, who I know, so but I, I know him, but he still intimidates the hell out of me, you yeah, know. Yeah. I I, uh, I, li- I liked the one with uh, Jack Grisham. You one. did? Yeah, that's I, I, interesting. I'm, I like old I like all old punk rock and all. Oh, that so you stuff. knew who he so, was? Yeah, I knew who he was, but I didn't I didn't ever really listen to him in a in a candid interview like that before and that was you you did really good on going like that was a really good conversation that's so interesting yeah. someone else told me that one scared them yeah it was it was he, he said something about finding himself in a dress blowing like 13 sailors and i was like what the fuck yeah. did you just say I think he I have did to rewind he that. did say that yeah well he's you know i i read his his memoir, American Demon, it's yeah. called. Yeah. And it's really dark. And so I, you know, and now he's a hypnotist. Yeah. And, and so odd. it was odd. It was an odd experience, but he was cool, you know. Um, but, and, and Dr. Drew, who is an old friend of mine, that was a good sure. one. He's obviously not sober, but he's obviously yeah. sort of a, a icon oh, in yeah, the definitely. sober community. So that was cool. But anyway, so I'm really excited about this You've Got Issues podcast, yeah. which as we recorded, I only released last week for the... So it's brand new. Brand spanking new. Nice. And, um, and, it, and it hit last week. It hit 15 on the self-help charts and 50 
No, 29 on the really? health charts. Right off the bat. That's pretty awesome. Well, you know what? It's easiest. I, I found out right off the bat. I was so excited. And then a couple people sort of killed my buzz because they go, well, you realize iTunes really favors new podcasts. And I released three at once. Yeah, definitely. Definitely have to release a couple. And as far as iTunes go, I do not understand the rankings on I don't think I know there's algorithms involved. Yeah, and I have no idea because they fluctuate so much. It's crazy. I know. I mean, it's definitely based on people who number of people who subscribe, number yeah. of people who download, and number of people who review. Yeah. But beyond that, I do not know. I have friends who constantly rank high, and yeah. you know their podcasts have been around for a while. Yeah. Not all of them, though. No, you know, we talked about John Lee Dumas, and he ranked right away. He man, that yeah, that guy. I think he started his in. 2012, 2013, but he just, like we were saying earlier, he has a certain um, system system down that he uses. And, uh, and of course, the backbone behind any of this is content, right? I yeah. Mean, you got to have good content. So, yeah. Um, let, so what, if we... Go ahead. Oh, I, j I just did want to clarify what You've Got Issues yeah. is about. Yeah. And I talked to, okay, good. I talked to guests about what, what their pettiest issue is. And then Love we it. try to delve to what's underneath it. The first six episodes, I also interviewed experts to kind of get their take on it. So I had Noah Levine, who I uh -huh. bet you're super into. I, you know what? I, I didn't, I don't, I didn't know until I listened to a little bit. Of really? The, he was the I superhero one, right? Who's the I Oh, he, I, he's been on a few of them. He, but, I but, listened to one where um, his issue was um, yeah. grown men who were like Yes, that's the Joel stuff. Stein one. Okay, the, that's the other one. I didn't listen to the Noah one. Yet. No, but Noah, Noah was one of the experts on it. So, I, so, but I would think you'd be really into him just because he's a Buddhist. He started against the stream and, and, really? re and refuge recovery. Check him out. I will. He's I an will, old punk guy. Oh yeah, you'd be so into him. Really? Okay, yeah. So and I he was ride home, so. he was on After Party Pod as well as a guest. So so but I, so I, I I had experts takes on each of those issues and those people, and then I realized that I just wanted to have the conversation myself. Yeah. So the new ones are gonna just have me talking to somebody, and then and then me talking to them later and asking them what effect the conversation had on that issue and then sort of summarizing. I see. Okay. That, so. That's, that's, that's funny. You bring that up too, because I thought about that. Um, obviously as both having podcasts, we know the back end work that goes into it. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, okay, wait, she's interviewing a guest. Then she's going and talking to two separate experts. Three in three. some cases, yeah. And I, yeah. I was like thinking like, damn, that's a lot of legwork to put out one episode. Too so much. I think yeah. that's a cool, cool move. Even though that's, I like that aspect of it though. But. Yeah, it was too much yeah. basically. Yeah. And it was, it was, um, I was most interested in where, you know, I, I'm a coach. Yeah. And so it's certified. And so I, and I now am seeing clients, you know, I got certified last year and I never thought I would do anything with it. Yeah. And I had a newsletter list that I had gathered over the last 10 years. I just had a, had on my Anna David site that you could yeah. sign up for it. And I think a lot of people signed up when I was on TV a lot more. And then when my books would come out and I had no idea who was on this list. Mm -hmm. So I sent out an email basically saying, hi, this is your first newsletter. I don't even know if you know who I am anymore. Um, if you, and I put buried in that, you know, if you're looking for a coach, I'm taking clients and thought I would get nothing. And I immediately signed up for clients who, really? yeah, who I'm now working with one-on-one. -on -one. That's and, awesome. Like, yeah, most of them, all three of them want to be writers. Got it. No, sorry. Two of them want to be writers and are, I'm guiding them through basically what the writing issues class 
does what will do when I release it. And then one I'm working with just on personal stuff. And then one I'm working with on starting a recovery website. Nice. So, so do you find that like pretty rewarding being able to like be a coach and like teach and help? It is interesting. I mean, I know yes. you do that in, re- in in recovery and service work also. Yeah, but that's different. Into, yeah, it's totally different, right? Yeah. It's really interesting. In some cases, it's incredibly rewarding working with people who are actually applying what we talk to, what we talk about in one conversation and really doing the work. And I get to see their progress. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's a little bit frustrating, like with recovery work, when they're not doing it. Because I, yeah. I, I can't really be of service if... They're not applying what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you could talk to them so they're blue in the face, but if they don't actually take action and go do the work, then it's not. So, and, I, and I'm not entirely sure what to do in those cases. It mm. makes me have empathy for therapists who, who you know, <laughs> oftentimes <laughs> sit there and yeah. probably listen to the same thing week yeah. after week. So, speaking of therapists yeah. and speaking of issues. Yeah. You have an issue with chewing. Is that correct? I do. I do. And it was very rewarding to learn that that's an actual condition. Yes. And it's called misophonia. Misophonia. Yeah. Mealtime can be torture. The sounds of other people eating, chewing, chomping, slurping, gurgling can send them into an instantaneous blood boiling rage. Yep. Yes. My, my wife. So there's a reason I bring this up. Yeah. I found it super interesting that this was an issue for you. Yeah. Um, because I live with this issue with my wife as well, where she wants to straight stab me in the eyeball. Yeah. When my jaw pops when I, when I chew. Yeah. So and how, so how do you, how do you... with it? Well, um, <laughs> it's interesting cause I had always, I've always had this and I just assumed I'm very intolerant of many things yeah. and I'm very impatient and I have all these defects. So I assumed that it was just another aspect of my intolerance. Yeah. And, um, and it's impacted my life greatly in that, you know, I actually can't be around a lot of, like, if I meet someone and they're a regular gum chewer, I basically can't get, hang out with them. So, like, I came in here today yeah. and I was chewing gum. Yeah, and I, and was, I was immediately here, triggered. You immediately were like, can you spit your gum out because we're going to record. And I used, Which is, it's happened to me with, a, a, I think you're the second person to come in chewing gum. Really? And at least I have an excuse. Yeah. I can say... It doesn't sound good when we record, but in normal life, I would just have to sit here and tolerate it. Man, now I feel like an asshole, kind of, because I, no, I didn't know that no. before I came in. Like, I don't, I'm not, I, I'm not a chomper. A, a gun doesn't chomper, matter if you got this. You're, you're, you. It's immediately a physical reaction. Yeah, and you're angry, and so like a a dinner. A family dinner, a dinner date, something like that. How do you, is that something Most people, really... no, because most people don't chew in a way. I guess I don't have it to that degree. Okay, They're okay. Di- You can have it zero through 10, yeah. sort of. And so normal chewing doesn't bother me, but smackers, yeah. it does. Can't be around them. I, I sat next to a guy yesterday in the hotel. Um, he was eating breakfast. And this dude, yeah. he was like, it was like an art, the way he was eating his food, the way he uh, was cutting it. And yeah. he was like... Oh man, it was driving me nuts. I was like, dude, God, are you kidding me? Like, take a breath, bro. Like, well, that wouldn't bother me unless it was the way he was chewing. He was chewing with his mouth open. Yeah, it's and really it was hard. Like, it was disgusting, and I don't have that issue yeah. you know, for the most part, and it was bugging me, so it probably would have driven you crazy. Yeah, it's rough. I hate when my phone rings during the podcast. 
Um, uh, by the way, I actually wrote a story about misophonia for, so mm. After Party Pod is a part of After Party Magazine, which is a site I started in, we think, 2013, mm -hmm. and I sold in 2014, no, maybe 2012, and I sold in 2013, okay. and, and I now run it with a staff of about 20 sort of editors and freelancers, and we post 12 stories a day. And 12 a day? Yeah. That's, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Wow. That's why we've got, I've got five editors and uh, about 20 writers. Really? So 10 of them are rehab reviews. So if anybody who is listening is looking for treatment, rehabreviews.com has, because After Party's a part of rehabreviews.com. So I see. Okay. So we have more reviews of treatment centers than anywhere in the world. We have something like 4,000. Really? So, and, it, and it's all over the, you know, the map, literally, you know, from, from California to Indonesia and all over the financial map. So from rehabs that charge 60,000 a month to plenty that are free. Really? I, I'm wondering if they reviewed... Which was my, yours? I went to Azure Acres in Sebastopol. Oh yeah, we have a review of that. That place saved my life. Yeah, I think I think we have a really nice review. Good. By the way, they're not quite re reviews as a bit of a misnomer because they they're not opinionated. They just sort of explain what like each general. treatment center offers and uh, then leave the reader to come to their conclusion. So speaking of of rehab, speaking of um, of being in rehab, I you've been to rehab, right? I did outpatient. You, you did outpatient. Mm -hmm. Now, when you tell people that you've been to rehab, do you ever feel like a criminal? No, I love like, it. Do you? Yeah. I don't know why. I feel like a, like like I'm like a criminal for some reason. Like, or people look at me funny sometimes. I, you don't get that? Well, no, but I'm someone who's been open about my recovery from minute one. I almost feel like it gives me legitimacy. Sure, sure. You know, yeah. and and it was funny. We were talking before about. Um, you know, the thought, am I really an addict? And I don't have that anymore because uh, it, I, it is evident to me in the way I think mm -hmm. every day that I am, not because I think about drugs or alcohol, but because I think, uh, you know, I struggle so much with alcoholic thinking, by yeah. which I mean, you know, uh, self-obsession, projecting negatively into the future. Um, but, but when I first went to treatment, I didn't, I, I really did struggle with this idea of am I an addict? And I remember saying to my counselor, you know, I just don't know. And he said, well, you know, if you describe to me one night of staying up all night and doing coke, I would say, yeah, maybe we should talk about it. But you've said it happened endlessly for years. So I don't think that there's a struggle yeah. to it's figure it out. Evident. Yeah. Yeah. Those, um, those nights I, Man, so that and that was your main issue was cooking. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so many nights, many binges. Yeah, a lot of guilt and shame. A after. lot of guilt and did shame. Did you ever say, "Oh, I'm not going to do this again tomorrow"? And oh then, my God, <laughs> did I? You know, crazy. and when we were talking before about, um, oh, I, maybe we, we was just in my head, but I would first try throwing it out, then I tried bringing it to the dumpster outside, and eventually I tried flushing it. And even when I flushed it, I called my dealer again. Yeah, after you already got rid of it. Yep. How about searching in the carpet for it? Yeah, that was totally ineffective because yeah, there just wasn't enough. But um, digging it out of the trash was not a problem, I learned. Really? Yeah. And then if it did flush, you could just make another phone call. But I felt terrible because if there's anything I felt more guilty about than doing coke, it was spending money. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, that too. But how about the shame of actually having to call the dealer again and go... Hey, I never, I, I, you know, I, I, some more. I really do care a lot about what people think of me, but I never yeah. worried what my drug dealer thought of me. That's so odd. Maybe I did. Maybe I did think, you know, but, but I, not, not like that. Yeah. Not, not to where it would bug you to not call him. Yeah. In, in other words. Yeah. Know? 
yeah, that's interesting. Um, Cause no, yeah, no, no drinking though. Oh God, or, no, plenty of. But drinking. it just wasn't the main focal. No, I mean, I always drank, and um, the reason that I didn't think I was an alcoholic and thought I was just an addict is that um, I didn't need to drink to get the idea to do drugs. And so, and so when I got sober, I was told that alcoholism and addiction were the same thing, and I didn't believe it. And then I got six months of sobriety, six and a half, and it occurred to me that drinking was different. And so I went out to have a glass of wine, and that night had. Uh, two bottles of wine and four and a half hits of ecstasy and went back to recovery the next day thinking, oh, I get it. Like if I drink, I'll do drugs. And then it, I was probably a year sober before I thought, before I realized, oh, you're a total alcoholic. It is the same thing. Yeah. yeah. You know? So you were trying to kind of separate the two. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, I didn't want to quit drinking. Yeah. So I told myself they were different. Um, how... How big of an, I mean, obviously addiction, alcoholism, it's a huge issue everywhere. Yeah. So I don't want to just, you know, centralize it or put it down. But you being down in the LA area, there's a lot of it that goes down. down yes. Here. How, how big is the issue down here that... Well, I, it is, of course, an issue here. And, you know, there's that expression, you know, shake all the loose pieces and they'll fall to California. Um, <laughs> I've never heard that. Or LA, even. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and... You know, I think there's a certain personality and temperament that's drawn to this city. You know, a lot of people who sort of, even if we're not actors or in the entertainment industry, that we sort of subscribe to that philosophy that your life can change overnight. Sure. And, you know, that's the sort of addict mentality and extremists. Um, And so I will say that in adulthood, L.A. was the first place I could find people who really drank, women who drank like me. Really? So you felt... You felt normal. Felt normal. Quote, unquote, I guess. (laughs) And, you know, and the idea that I needed to get my own dealer to getting my own dealer took one phone call. Really? You know, but I also say to people who say like, oh, LA did this to you. It's like, I would have, you know, if I'd been on a ranch in wherever, Iowa, I would have found the ranch hand that dealt Coke on the side. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it know, we is, can always, we can you like can find it, <laughs> but LA is an amazing place to be sober. Yeah. So because there are so many sober people and because it's so normalized and because there are famous people that are sober, I yeah. think that it's, it can be really inspiring. So I don't know how much of a problem it is here anymore. Do you think, um, do you think sober is becoming, and I'm, and I'm totally, I, I hope it is, it seems like it is, but it's becoming a trend. It's, it yeah. seems like it's, it seems like it's, um, it's definitely more out in the open now to be sober. And I think part of that is to do with, um, technology evolving. There's yeah. lots of outlets out there to do that. Um, what's your take on, um, different ways to get sober. Like everyone has their own yeah. path, I feel like. And yeah. So I'm not really set in, in one way or the other. Yeah. Um, I have my own way. You know, you have your own way. There's obviously, there's some, there's some rooted ways. You yeah. Know, 12 step programs, that kind of thing. Um, everything doesn't work for everybody though. Like, what do you think about that? Well, I, I do think when I was new, I thought that it had to be 12 step or you were not really going to be able to do it. Yeah. And that is absolutely true for me. And that is absolutely not true for everybody. So, um, for me, you know, I, I believe I have an alcoholic brain. And so if I'm not doing something to treat that, even when I'm sober, then I'm going to be in trouble. I may not drink, but I'm going to be miserable. Yeah. So that's just my experience. I have to apply what I learn in 12 step almost to my daily life in order to be okay. Yeah. 
how do you um, how do you deal with people that are maybe close to you, maybe maybe family, maybe friends who are still maybe caught in alcoholic ways, ad- addictive ways? Um, I know for me, I have uh, a couple of them. And mm-hmm. it's, it's rough sometimes. It's hard to see that because you wanna you wanna help, but you and I both know you can't help somebody who doesn't want help. Number yeah. one, and it's not my job to tell somebody else you have a problem. It's yeah. you know, and so it's really it's really difficult. Do you have anyone? And I'm not asking for anyone in particular. No, I'm just saying, do you I, have people that you have to deal with that with? I don't have many people, really anybody in my day to day life who's in active addiction. I did at a previous job, uh-huh. which and it was awful because the person was incredibly abusive and um and it was really really hard um i don't have much of a relationship with my dad and but he he has addiction in like the weirdest ways that are not obvious um but nobody you know that i interact with on a regular basis at all which i'm lucky yeah that Um, is that's kind of that's i i imagine that sometimes like what would it be like if i if i didn't have anybody I don't know it's kind of weird I guess I've never really asked myself that question it's kind of odd but for people who are listening and are struggling I do think you know the enabling thing is real I think that people who are um, and I think it's really tough I I um, we do recaps of intervention on the website and, and I don't write them, but I edit them and, and it's like, it's just heartbreaking when you, you know, the kind of situation where parents have to cut off their kids and oh, say, you man. can't call me and you know, the kids could yeah, die true. and it, it, you know, it's, it's But the codependency issue, um, is, it's almost, it's almost equally as, as bad, yeah. I think, you know, for the codependent, whether it's the wife or the parent or whoever it is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you and I both know that first step in coming to terms with it is usually the most difficult thing. So like, Absolutely. What was it for you? Mm-hmm. That, and I think you kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, but if there's something specific, what was it where you were just like, man, like, I'm an addict. I'm an alcoholic. Like, I need some help. Like, what was it for you? Well, I, I definitely knew I was an addict long before I wanted help for it. Yeah. Um, I was pretty aware of the fact that my relationship with cocaine was not normal and that, and I didn't care. It's not that I didn't care. I didn't, um, I didn't believe there was a solution and I didn't want to be sober and I knew about sobriety and I wanted nothing to do with it. And then there came a time when I was desperate enough that even though I quote knew I didn't want anything to do with sobriety, I was willing to forego that in order to try it. And there was nothing dramatic that happened. It was just that I was incredibly depressed and yeah. couldn't live that way anymore. You're just over it. I was just, I wasn't. That was the problem. And I think people can misconstrue this. They yeah. think, you know, we're all rah-rah sober and we were just really excited to get sober. No, everybody's miserable about the oh, idea. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like, what are you going to do? All I know how to do to have fun is yeah. my focal point is alcohol and drugs. So yeah. what, what do I do now yeah. in a social environment at a at a party, at a birthday, wherever you go, there's... Or even by yourself. Or even by yourself. Yeah. That was when it really got dark. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and I think that people don't understand that sobriety is nothing like we expected it to be. Yeah. Yep. I know. Um, Well, if you had to, uh, if you had to give advice, maybe there's someone out there listening 
who is caught in that struggle. Mm-hmm. They're right there. Like they want, they want to get sober. They know they have that feeling in their gut that something is not right. And they know there's an issue. They don't know how to admit it. They don't know how to take that next step. Um, what, what would you tell them? Well, really what I just said, which is that's right. is nothing like you expect it to be. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, they, there's an expression um, in in 12-step, you know, it's from our literature, you know, it, contempt prior to investigation. And so if you think you know how you feel about what recovery is going to be like or what sobriety is going to be like, you're wrong. You cannot know until you're there. And so why not give it a try? And if you give it a try and it doesn't work, uh, you know, they, they definitely say relapse is a part of it. I know people who've been to treatment 12 times, and they're sober now. Who was the one guy you had on that had been like 18 times? The oh, yeah. Brothers, they did the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick Reiner. Yeah. Yeah. He's a different cat, man. Super yeah. Super cool, but he just... Like, he he can, was young, too. To, I think he was 22, and he'd man. been to something like as many rehabs as he had, you know, been years I, alive. I thought it was interesting, too, what he said about how... Um, how, cause I think you would ask him like, well, how, why, why did you go so many times or something like that? Or how, how did you go that many times? And part of it is this rebellious personality that a lot of us have as addicts. Like, mm-hmm. so the drugs, the alcohol, that's definitely one thing, but there's something at least for myself. And I think that's why I related to that was there's this self-destructive, like, um, like, like fuck the world kind of thing mm-hmm. that they bruise sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I, I thought that was really interesting. 18 times. Yeah. I mean, and I think that comes from a pa- a place of deep pain and yeah. feeling powerless and, um, thinking that, you know, you know, we have sort of two ways to go with those feelings. We can get angry or we can get sad and they're sort of the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that, you know, and that's sort of the work in recovery is getting to what's underneath that and healing that. Well, should we do the heart and hustle round? Yeah, let's okay, do that. Let's do it. All right. So the heart and hustle round. Something new I'm kind of trying out. Mm-hmm. So we're going to put your heart into each answer, but we're going to hustle it up 30 seconds or less. Yep. Or less. There's five questions. Where's the weirdest place you've ever done coke? You know, we talked about that right before, and I didn't really have an answer. Uh, I've done it in almost every public venue uh, that I went to in active addiction in L.A. Oh, like gay clubs, toilets of gay clubs, (laughs) men's rooms. Oh, man. All right, number two, what's the best thing about being sober? Um, It is dealing with the issues that plague everyday people. It is knowing you can go anywhere and be yourself and that you don't need any kind of lubricant to make you someone else. Number three, what is one thing you know now you wish you, have, you wish you would have known at the beginning of your sobriety? I wish I would have known that my feelings are constantly changing. I thought when I got sober that the way I felt was some definitive uh, thing, and yeah. I didn't get that tomorrow or three hours later I could feel differently. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Number four, how do you stay sober? Um, I stay sober by uh, practicing the principles that I've learned in recovery, and that is sort of accountability, making amends, uh, trying to connect with something larger than myself. I think that's the main thing. Sure. Yeah. I know there's going to be a lot of people that want to check out more information about your books, about After Party. Um, Where can folks find that out? 
Well, the main thing that I, the main place I'd like to send people now is to the Issues with Anna website. And that's where you can find out about me. Uh, you can find out about You've Got Issues, the hit new podcast. Yeah. Um, I do have a site, AnnaDavid.com, and I do run the site After Party Magazine. But, but uh, hey, go check out Issues with Anna because you can get to everything there. Yeah. And you can follow me on Twitter at Anna B. David. I want to say one thing about Issues with Anna, too. The thing I like about it, you're still incorporating some recovery principles yeah you're bringing it's more broad-based yep it's because and I, I i found this interesting you had said something about this is that a lot of a lot of things that we deal with in recovery the quote-unquote normies who are not in recovery deal with the same shit yeah and i really like that you're bringing that perspective to the new show so super, super yeah cool. and, and that's really why i started it is i got a lot of emails from people who are not in recovery who like yeah. after party pod and so i wanted to sort of speak to a larger population awesome. good work thanks for uh, coming on today I appreciate it. It's great to meet you. thank you for having me